Man, I got, I got a word for you. I believe God's going to speak to you. And um, I, I believe Cowboys are going to get a win today. I believe Seahawks are going to get a win today. Ah, we got a couple. Yeah, this is good. We got some fellow Washingtonians. Um, hey, I, I just want you to know before we get too deep in this word, one of my good friends, one of my best friends, uh, turned 40 years old yesterday. He might not be my good friend now that I just said how old he turned, but my man Phil, he just turned 40 yesterday, and he doesn't want me to embarrass him. The big 4-0, Phil. Phil's my guy, man. He, he, he serves his heart out and uh, is with me just about everywhere I go, even when I'm traveling stuff, rolls with me and uh, backs me in prayer and backs me in the natural and the supernatural, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, he, he's, he's incredible. You're a great friend, bro. And uh, I love you. And um, it's, it's been cool to see what God's done through your life. And uh, it's just getting started, him and his family. And, um, and uh, we had all kinds of family, uh, all kinds of families, all kinds of birthdays uh, this, this week. And um, Stanley, if you can see Stanley on the band, Stanley Thomas had a birthday. And uh, man, pe- people getting older around here. Watch out. It's crazy. Man, how many love the Word of God? You love the Word of God? Let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 5. 2 Samuel chapter 5. I don't know if you know this about our church or not, but we don't believe in, in participation trophies. We don't believe in participation sports. Or spec, I, I should say we don't believe in spectator sports. This is a participation moment, all right? We love the Word of God. We involve ourselves in the Word of God. This is a cool thing about church is you don't have to sit and watch a show. It'd be a bad show if you did. You get to be involved in the show, and uh, you get to be involved in what God is doing. And so I want to encourage you just to stir your faith, and uh, just to get your faith up, your expectancy up for what God is about to do in and through your heart. Second Samuel chapter 5 has been our text that we pulled this series from, and uh, for the sake of time, I'm just going to read the last scripture uh, that we've been reading every week. Verse 20 of chapter 5 says, so David went to Baal Perazim. And there he defeated them. He said, as waters break out, the Lord has broken out against my enemies before me. So that place was called Belperazim. Now that scripture doesn't have a lot of significance unless you know what comes before it. And that is that David is facing one of the greatest battles of his life. The Bible says that he had been anointed to be king. And the moment that he had been anointed king, the enemy attacked him. That doesn't sound too foreign to me if you ever recognize in your own life that when God anoints you, appoints you, assigns you, there is usually an attack that follows. Whenever God is trying to move something forward, the enemy is trying to move it back. And so so David is moving forward, the enemy is attacking, and David goes to God and says, can we or should I attack this enemy? And the Bible says in that place, it was a valley, the valley of Rephaim, that valley was called the place of the house of giants. And it says that day God broke out against David's enemies, and the name was changed from the valley of Rephaim to Baal Perizim, which means God of the breakthrough. I want you to know this. Your God is a God of the breakthrough. He's not a God of yesterday. He's not a weak God, not a dead God, not an asleep God. In fact, our Bible says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he was the God of the breakthrough then, guess what? He's the God of the breakthrough right now. Even better news, he's going to be the God of the breakthrough tomorrow. Some of you are fearing the future. I want you to know if he was the God of the breakthrough then, he's going to be the God of the breakthrough in your future, in your tomorrow. 
In, in, in Mark chapter 2, there's another story, and this is where we get the rest of our message today. Mark chapter 2, verse 1, it says this. It says, and again he, Jesus, entered Capernaum. And after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. I want you to know this. Jesus is in the house. That's good news for somebody. You thought you just came to a club, a TED Talk. Nope, sorry. Jesus is in the house. He said he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, everybody say breakthrough. breakthrough. They let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. This story is a popular story, been preached all kinds of different ways, but I want to pull just a couple thoughts from it today. And this is one of the main, main concepts that I want you to understand as we get started, is that breakthrough is not something you find outside of you. Breakthrough is something that God puts in you. Breakthrough is not ha something that happens on the outside of me. Breakthrough is something that happens on the inside when I understand what God has put, in, put inside of me. I was out with a friend at lunch uh, a couple months ago, and, and uh, he just got a brand new Tesla. And uh, he's like, man, you, you got to come go on a ride in my Tesla. He goes, don't meet me. I'll pick you up. I'm like, yeah. Felt like I was 13 again, but I'm like, bro, pick me up. And, uh, and, and so we got in this Tesla. And so, so we're driving to lunch, and he's showing me all the different things it does and uh, all the different things that can happen on that screen. And it says his name. And, and uh, before he even gets in, he sets the temperature. His theme song gets in. It's plain. All I do is win, win. I mean, it's just like, I'm like, bro, that's a little arrogant. But anyways, and so we get in, we go to lunch, and uh, he's like, man, you want to you drive? And uh, I was like, oh, no. I wanted to, but I said no. I'll just be honest with you. I'm like, oh, no, man. It's just, you know, it's just a Tesla. And, uh, and uh, he goes, no, really, I want you to drive it. It's, it's really pretty fast. I'm like, okay, I, I can be convinced. And uh, so I got in, and uh, I'm driving, but I'm just being super careful. Like, it's his. And just, so I'm being careful, and I'm just, you know, kind of chilling. And, and he's showing me how the, uh, the autopilot works, which is a little freaky. And uh, so we're going, and, and he goes, you know, you can really, like, stomp it if you want. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I, sh I shouldn't. And uh, he goes, no, really, like, see what it can do. And so I, I took, took him at his word and put it down, and that thing just shot. I felt like the Jetsons because it doesn't shift gears, you know. It's just one, just, Phew. I'm like, this is incredible. And uh, so, I, man, I'm, I'm driving, and, and we pull back in, and he showed me how I can play arcade games on the screen. And I'm like, man, this thing's crazy. And he goes, you know what, the, the most amazing thing about this car, he said, I haven't even discovered all of the secrets yet. I'm like, really? There's more? He's like, oh, man, every day I'm learning something new about the car, how you can pull it out automatically, summon it. That's what they call it, summon it. I'm going to summon my car. That just sounds good. I want to say that someday. Someday I'm going to say that. Like, I think I might summon the car today. And uh, so he summons it. It pulls out of the parking lot, comes out, open the doors open. We jump in. I mean, it's incredible. He says, the most amazing thing is that I haven't discovered all that it has yet. I was thinking about us as believers, as breakers. And I wonder if we're the same way. That, 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 that God has constructed this life, this body, 
this opportunity, these, these people, these connections, these relationships, this job, these kids, spouse, and, and, and maybe, just maybe, there's more in you than you realize. You remember the old Gatorade commercial, it's in you? You know, the Gatorade starts coming out their pores. Can I just tell you, you got more in you than you realize. There's more in you than you've recognized. You are not what you've done. You're not where you've been. You're who God's called you to be. And there's more in you than you even understand. There's more in me than I even understand. God, as the grand architect, has made us, created us, and we haven't even scratched the surface of everything that we have. It says in this text in verse 1, it says that he was in the house. That he was in the house. You know, you know what the big disconnect for us with breakthrough is, is not that God has the ability to break through. It's how do I get God to break through. It's not if God can, it's how do I get God to do it. Right? Many of us, we believe God heals God saves, God can deliver, God can break through. When things get bad enough, most people pray. It's interesting, even atheists pray when things get bad enough. Because at the end of it all, we cry out to God. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes that he has put eternity in the heart of man. You have been pre-programmed to understand and recognize God. And people will cry out to God at some of the craziest times in their life, desperate, desperate moments, and they'll cry out to God. It's really not the concept of believing that he's there or that he has power. The difficulty, the disconnect, is how do I get my problem to bow to God's truth? This is when you need a breakthrough. Anytime you are saying something about yourself that's different than what God's saying about you, you need a breakthrough. Anytime God's telling you who you are and you're telling yourself that you're something different, you need a breakthrough. And this is the great disconnect. Many of us recognize we need a breakthrough, but how do I get what's in the house in my life? He's in the house. That's great. How do I get that breakthrough, that answer, that provision, that blessing into my life now? Any place, let me just say this way. We talked about this last week. Any place in your life that has become a cycle instead of a chapter needs a breakthrough. See, everybody has bad chapters, bad seasons. You got a bad day. I had a bad day last week. This is a bad day. Like, pray for my family. I mean, just a, it was a bad day. But you know what? I woke up the next day. And I was in a good mood the next day. And I had a good day the next day. And the next day was good. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. I, mean, I don't care how bad last chapter was or last week was. You got a brand new one coming up. We talked about this last week. John chapter 19, Jesus gets crucified. If you end the story there, it's pretty depressing. But John chapter 20, Jesus rose from the dead. So some of us are giving up on God in chapter 19 when chapter 20 is right around the corner. I would just encourage you, be careful to give up too soon. You might be in a chapter 19, but you have no idea that there is a chapter 20 resurrection that's about to happen in your life. When do we need a breakthrough? We need a breakthrough when there's a disconnect or something that should just be a chapter is now... It's become a cycle. This man has been crippled. He's paralyzed. And his friends are bringing them to Jesus. And this is what the text says in verse 2. It says, immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them. Not even near the door. Said so there was no longer room. This man had a need. He needed a breakthrough. Jesus had the answer. 
but the man couldn't get to Jesus. There was something in between him and his breakthrough. There was something in the way of him and the answer that he needed. There was no room. They got to Jesus too late. This is what the text says. It says that there was no longer room, which insinuates that at one time there was room. So they just got there too late. If they would have got there earlier, they would have got into the house. But because they got there late, like if you come to revival night late, you're not going to get in the house. I'm just kidding. And don't come through the roof, please. We just had it replaced. But we'll have overflow for you, and Jesus will be there too. There was no room. Jesus had the breakthrough. They had the problem, but they couldn't get to him. Have you ever felt like you're too late? You ever felt like, for some of you, you're, you're, you're getting older in life, and some of you feel like you're too old to do what God's called you to do? I hear this all the time. Well, I'm just going to let the young people run with it. Man, those young people are passionate. I'm just going to let them run. No, they need a leader. They need a mentor. They need an example. They need someone to look to. I don't care if you're 17 or 117, God's still got a plan for you. God still has an assignment that is on your life. He needs you. There's breakthrough in the house. There's a need outside the house. But these people cannot get in. They cannot get to Jesus. And it says this in verse 4. This is what it produced. It says, and when they could not come near him because of the crowd. Now, this is interesting to me. They couldn't get to Jesus because of the crowd. Well, the crowd's a good thing. If you read the story, the crowd are trying to get around Jesus. But to them, what was a good thing to some people was a bad thing to them. The people were a stumbling block to them. They were an obstacle to them because they could not get to Jesus. You know, I found a lot of times in people's lives is that it's easy for us to take a victim mentality. That there's always a reason why God didn't answer. There's always a reason why I didn't get my breakthrough. There's always a reason why I didn't get healed. There's always a reason why I messed up, why I compromised, why I gave in to this. There's always a reason. But I'm going to tell you this. Breakers have a different identity than regular people. We've talked about the mentality of a breaker, knowing that God is a God of possibility. We've talked about the attitude of a breaker that's a stubbornness to believe. If God said it, I want it. I'm going to go after it with everything I am. But now I want to talk to you about the identity of a believer, knowing who you are, knowing what God's given you, knowing what he says about you. But for many people, once the house is crowded, they give up on the breakthrough. Yeah, pastor, I prayed for three, three days. God didn't answer. The house is full. There's no room. The door's shut. And he failed me. People leave churches. People leave marriages. People leave relationships. People leave their faith because of crowded houses and closed doors. But there was an attitude about four men. There was, there was an identity about them that if breakthrough didn't come to them, they would go to breakthrough. If, if, if someone didn't break through for them, they would bring the breakthrough. We said it last week. It was a joke. But we, this, said, this is a BYOB service. Bring your own breakthrough. Some, some of you got really excited, too excited. Bring your own breakthrough. That's what these, they, they knew that they carried something. They had something. They didn't say, uh, excuse me, pastor, the house is full. Hey, can someone call my, uh, my, my group leader? I can't get in the house. They just said, nah, Jesus got something I want. I'm going to figure out 
how to get it. I'm going to get a, 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 a hunger, a desperation, a desire that said Jesus died for us. This is what it is. Jesus died for us. He spilled his blood, not just so that we could have forgiveness of sins, so that the same spirit that raised him from the dead would also dwell in us, which means that there is an anointing that's on your life. There is an anointing that is on your assignment. There is the spirit of God that is in you. It's not just you going to work. You got a buddy on board. It's not just you walking into conflict. You got a friend with you. In fact, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is the paraclete. Or the helper. Anybody need some help? Anybody sitting next to someone that needs some help? Don't, don't say anything. A victim mentality. If something can keep you from your breakthrough, it probably will. If something can keep you from your freedom, it probably will. If something can keep you from the house of God, it probably will. If something can keep you from obedience, it probably will. If something can keep you from serving, it probably will. If something can keep you from joining a group, it probably will. If we could go all day. If something can keep you from your breakthrough, it probably will. And in verse 4, it says this. It says that after they saw that the crowd was blocking the door, they uncovered the roof. Now, all of us, and I've done this my entire life until this week when I looked at this passage, I've always thought breakthrough was this awesome moment. Like, like just shebang, man falls through the roof, falls to the floor, doesn't matter anyways, he's already crippled. Bad joke, bad joke. But for real, I mean, he was. So, you know, it's like, Jesus, we just got a little more work to do. You're going to go from the ankles to the knees, we're going to go to the hips. I just have always thought breakthrough was like, I pray, God breaks, we party. It's not like that, though. It says, in fact, that they uncovered the roof. Theologians will tell us that most of them believe that this is actually Peter's house. That it was one massive room, there's a small house that didn't have a second story, and that they would have to climb up onto that roof, and that roof, because it was a poor house, would have different layers of material that would construct the roof. So you couldn't just karate chop through the roof, you couldn't dig through the roof, you had to uncover cover the roof layer by layer by layer by layer and eventually you would break through to Jesus and everybody sitting around it looked like a breakthrough right Jesus is just like teaching probably some amazing message and uh, people are getting healed and uh, he's doing all kinds of crazy things and then kapow right it looked like a breakthrough to everybody else but to the four men that just carried that brother up on the roof and then sp spent some time uncovering, it, it wasn't a moment. It was a process. Breakthrough is not an event. It's a process. See, this is where some of us have been discouraged. It's because we thought if we're breakers, you already went home. You told your wife, I'm a breaker. She, like, didn't, didn't like it. You told your kids, you better listen to me. I'm a breaker. They didn't like it. It's because breakthrough is not us in our power. Breakthrough is not a moment. Break, breakthrough, listen, breakthrough is a process. 
It's a process. Obedience. Breakthrough looks like years and years of obedience. Breakthrough looks like years and years of obscurity. Breakthrough looks like years and years of humility. I, I was talking to a staff member this last week, and, and uh, we've got some exciting things that are coming. We're going to give you some announcements here soon. And so uh, we got some exciting things that are hop- happening. And one of the things that we thought, man, this is incredible, it fell through. And it wasn't going to work. And she was so discouraged. And she came to my office, and, and she's like, I just, I just I feel like so discouraged because I wanted this to work. And, and I told her, because I've been doing this for a long time. I had to learn this the hard way, but I've been doing it a long time now. And I told her, oh, no, 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 this is where it gets exciting. She's like, but we got bad news. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. We already got the word. So the bad news is not a final word. It's called a detour. So now all we have to do is just start uncovering, and eventually we're going to get a breakthrough. And everybody around us is going to be like, wow, look at the breakthrough. And we're going to be like, it wasn't a breakthrough. It was a long process of faith, of determination, of diligence, of obedience, of hard work. That's what it is. We think God's just going to wave a magic wand over us and hand out breakthrough. Somebody said it after the first service. They thought I was going to go full Oprah on everybody, and you get a breakthrough, and you get a breakthrough, you get a breakthrough. No, you got to work for it. I thought Jesus purchased everything. Can I help you with something for a second theologically? Jesus had the breakthrough, and they didn't have to break Jesus to get to Jesus. They had to break natural limitations to get to Jesus. The house wasn't Jesus, but they had to break the house to get to Jesus. Your breakthrough is not God holding something back from you. Your breakthrough is being held up by something naturally. And thank God that the Spirit of God lives in you. And if you can identify as a breaker, you can speak to that wall or you can speak to that mountain or you can start uncovering a roof and find your breakthrough. Breakthrough begins where my excuses end. But we just need to break up with excuses. The crowd, the door, the roof, the house. Stop it. Breakthrough is available. You can be free. I'll never be free. Yes, you will be free. I'll never break the addiction. Yes, you will break the addiction. I'll never stay married. Yes, you will stay married. I'll never be happy. Yes, you will be happy. You've got to change the way that you think. And then you have to identify. Now, this is key. You have to identify as a breaker. Let me help you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, it says, Do you know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is, where is he at? Maybe you should reconsider going to In-N-Out today. I'm sorry. <laughs> temple of the Holy Spirit, okay. Who's in you? He's, he's in you. Whom you've received from God, you are not your own. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. It says, now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed Jesus. Us. He anointed us. And he set his seal of ownership on us. And he put his spirit in our hearts. Spirit of God in our hearts. As a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Romans chapter 8 verse 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead. The same spirit. This is what we said earlier. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives where? In you. 
the Spirit of God lives in me, lives in you, then I'm not trying to find breakthrough. I am breakthrough. I don't need to find a breaker. I am a breaker. It's the identity of a breaker that recognizes God put something on the inside of me. God put power in me. God put anointing on me. And it's not confidence in my ability or my giftings. It's confidence in his power and his strength. Not by my, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's him. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him, and he gave them, what did he give them? Authority. Authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. I'm going to ask you a trick question. If he gave them authority to heal those who were sick, when they get, got, when they get healed, who healed them? It's like a riddle. <laughs> who healed them? Jesus. Good. It's always a good answer to go with. <laughs> if all this fails, just say Jesus. You heal them. Does that hit wrong with anybody else? Feels like I, not not me. No, no, you. It's not you. In your natural self, it's the Spirit of God in you. This is what we talked about last week. Our, our funny word, God, Godfidence. I'm fully confident I can do all things because I'm fully dependent on his strength. I can't be confident if I'm dependent on me, but I can be confident because, confident because I'm dependent on him. I'm a breaker. I'm a breaker. To break through, you're going to have to see yourself as a breaker. I was praying this morning for this service. And uh, I got up super early on Sundays. I love to get up really early and just spend time with the Lord. And I go over the notes and just think about you. And I, in my mind, I'll picture people in the seats and just ask God just to speak to you. And some of you say, man, it's crazy. I was in church and it was like you were talking straight to me. I, I actually asked God for that feeling to happen. That people would, not my words, but his words would just resonate in people's hearts. And God would speak personally to each and every one of us. And I was praying and I was talking about this, this, I was thinking about just, okay, yeah, because before you preach something, you got to live something. And I started talking to myself, and Dustin, you, you got to be a breaker. You got to identify as a breaker. You got to identify as a breaker. God's given promises. There's obstacles between those promises. You got to believe. You got to contend. And for some reason, the Holy Spirit reminded me of a conversation I had 13 years ago with someone. 13 years ago. And I have not thought about that conversation in a lot of years, but I've been influenced by what was said in that conversation almost every single week. And I realized that I was carrying something that was preventing me from breaking through in a specific area. I don't know about you, I like to visualize like what's happening in the Bible. All right? So we got four dudes carrying one dude that can't walk. They get up on the roof. They're each holding a corner of the mat. Scholars believe they're each holding a corner. He comes up on the roof. I want to just ask you a question. How are you supposed to break through the roof and still carry the man? So in order to break through, I have to first let go. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Dustin, 
in some ways you're limiting your own breakthrough because you want breakthrough, but you haven't let go of a 13-year-old conversation that keeps on putting doubts in your mind about your gifting, your ability, and your calling. I didn't like that at all. I don't know how you hear conversations with the Holy Spirit go, I didn't like that at all. I'm like, that's kind of personal, you know. This is, in order to break through, I have to let go. See, some of you come to church every single week and you come in carrying something. And you leave carrying something. And you come to conference carrying something. And you leave carrying something. But I got good news for you. Jesus is in the house. He's in the house. He has the power. He has the ability. He has the willingness. It's not about if he can do it. It's about if I can get to him. And there's not spiritual things that are in my way. There's natural things. Natural hurts, natural assumptions, natural vain imaginations, natural unforgiveness, natural offenses, natural doubts. And i got to start peeling them back layer by layer. Breakthrough doesn't happen in a moment. Breakthrough is a process. And that process, process is peeling off all of the layers that have gotten in between me and God. They couldn't get to Jesus because of the walls. They couldn't get to Jesus because of the roof. Jesus was there. Jesus was willing. But they had to identify as breakers and say, we will not leave with what we brought. We will get to the feet of Jesus. And that's the type of church that we are trying to build. It's not a church that comes to an empty house and has great luxury seats, but a people that come to a house that's filled, filled with no room, with closed doors, and say, if Jesus is in there and he's got my breakthrough, watch out. I'm coming in. I don't care how new the roof is. I'm coming down because Jesus is there. He has the power and he's willing. Maybe somebody just needs to hear that today. Jesus is willing. Well, if I just do things right, maybe God will give me my breakthrough. No. If you get to God, you got your breakthrough. But sometimes layers take years. Maybe it's 2010, a major layer came off when you forgave your dad. 2012, some layers came off when you're actually able to forgive God. 2013, a layer came off when you actually maybe went on your first mission trip and your eyes were opened to the needs of the world, the power of the gospel. 2018, some layers came off because you had a radical encounter in your own prayer time with God. Some layers came off. 2019 comes around and maybe you're one layer away. And everyone's going to be like, breakthrough. And you're like, oh, no, 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 no. This is not breakthrough, friend. This is years of peeling back layers. This morning in my office, a 13-year-old layer got peeled off, and I stepped closer. I stepped closer to breakthrough. You're a breaker. That's exciting. You're a breaker. You're, wherever you go, you got to have the mentality, the attitude, but the identity. It's not me. It's him in me. Wherever I go, he goes. I was sitting in some negotiation meetings this last week, and I had it in my mind. I knew I was preaching this, and I was just smiling to myself, thinking, I'm a breaker. I'm a breaker. You can tell me no all you want, but I'm a breaker. I'm a breaker. Not because Dustin Bates is anything or Dustin Bates knows anything, but Dustin Bates contains some potential, and it's supernatural. It's the spirit of the living God. 
God and the same spirit that raised a dead corpse from the dead dwells in me. And that same spirit dwells in you. And you might have a dead marriage. You might have a dead chapter. You might have a dead season, a dead day, a dead dream. But if you can carry that thing to Jesus and lay it down, your breakthrough is on its way. Thanks for listening to the Church 1132 broadcast. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience or at church1132.com.